slack guy. Oh, well, well, well. Would you look what it is? We're back in the studio. It's the Sly Guy podcast. Welcome on board. Guys, it's been a long time coming. I know people have been raging. They've been like, look at you in your dining room doing your wee podcast with your flat earth background and all this shit. But guess what? We're back in the studio now. You may enjoy it. Sly Guy podcast logo is here. No more flat earth. But by the way, I was doing it for you guys. I could have just said no and could have carried on. But I'm here because I'm a man of the people and it feels good to be back. Especially today of all days. It's a day I don't feel that I should have been made leave my house. But I'm here. And why is that, Ben? Because, guys, it's International Women's Day. So major shout out to all the bitches out there listening to the podcast. Nothing but love. Nothing but respect for the women. All the women, all the women who are women, all the women who believe they're women, all the men who identify as women, all the animals who are also female, major love, equal rights, respect to all, number one feminist guy in the house. Ben, are you a feminist? Sure. Sure. How many, uh, how many, how many daughters do you have? Uh, one. I have two, therefore I am a better feminist than you. In fact, you, you have two children, don't you? And the other one is... Patriarchy bastard, that's who you are, a patriarchal fuck. What you need to do is go home and put your son in a dress and tell him, this is International Women's Day, I'm sick of you coming in here, you and all your patriarchy little friends. And Does he go to school? He does. Are there boys in the school? There are. Disgusting. Like, see what you're doing, you're just contributing to the patriarchy. And you know what I like want to do with the patriarchy? Destroy it. Because I am the feminist guy. And by the way, I just want to say the podcast this week is sponsored by Feminists. So thank you for Feminists for getting in touch with the podcast, getting the sponsor, giving me money to represent one, to represent all, to represent my bitches. We're here, it's good. Um, I'm feeling a bit weird off the bat because, you know, being back in the studio means, you know, I have the snake rat in the studio with me. Now he's sitting over there. He's far enough away, he is, he is distanced, he's sprayed, he's whatever else he is, but, um, you know, he is, he is the one, effectively, to blame for, you know, the podcast being being in my, in my dining room. I basically had to buy all this sweet equipment to make the sound good, because from his lair, he was saying, your sound's shit, and I was like, well, you're the producer, make it sound better, and he's like, buy better stuff, and now here he is, finally. We've got the better mic with the better setup. What have you been doing for the last five weeks, Ben? Relaxing at home and just doing what? What what does a snake rat do on his day off? That's a question I want to do. When a snake rat when you're not producing this podcast, what do you do in the time that you would normally be producing the podcast, watching the podcast, listening to me? What do what do you do instead? Uh stay at home with the family or be in the garden or Listen, Ben. Ben, home with the family is not anything that anyone's proud of anymore. We've been stuck home with our bastard family for over a year now. Surely you must have been in your head. You must have been like, like whenever we were texting last week, I said, Ben, please, if I do everything to ensure that this production is COVID safe, can we come back? You know what he replied to me? No. And then this week he texted me and was like, guess what? And I was like, your wife's pregnant. And he went, no. We can go back to the studio. And I was like, oh, really? Why can we come back to the studio now? Because it suits you. What was the reason that you just that you realised we could come back from the studio? What inspired you to return? Was it that you'd been stuck at home with your family for too long? And I got fuck this, any doubt? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, there you go. Straight. And, like, who lives in your house? You. Each other. And? My wife. Bit better. Bit better on the feminist front, to be fair. Um, I mean, just let me clarify, because, again, I know a lot of my listeners are... Um, very, you know, modern, millennial, woke kind of people. You know, I just want to ask, you know, does your wife identify as a female or? As far as I know, she does. That's okay. That's fair because I don't like to gender anybody incorrectly. All right, I wouldn't like to be in the position where I offend anybody. It's not my nature to be an offensive guy. But it's it's nice to be back and I feel like... um. You know, I feel like I feel like we're in a good place now. The the energy is up. We're back together. It feels really good. I was a bit worried about you. I thought maybe you'd have been feeling a wee bit sort of hungover today, just with what being out in the shankle and stuff last night, celebrating Rangers winning the league. How'd you feel about that? 
Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. You know, it's, it's a nice feeling. What were you drinking last night? What would be your, whenever you're out in the shankle on the sauce, what's your drink of choice? Um, a Guinness on the shankle? Yeah. Fucking hell, you're brave. Like, all those guys drink are Bucky and Orange Wicked, and they mix them, you know, because Bucky is purple and Orange is orange because they're fucking prods, all right? So, Rangers won the league. The boys are back. Here we go, nine in a row is where it stopped for Celtic. And, I mean, you know, who cares about COVID anymore? Clearly, that's the, the vibe on the street. You know, people just out partying, having a, what looked like a great time because a team in Scotland won a league. You know, it seems to me, you know, very very mad and you know hopefully you know don't offend again listen i have to be very careful when we're back in the studio that i don't offend people because a lot of people get offended by some of the stuff i say and they know this is only a joke they know i am only kidding it's just a comedy podcast don't take any offense but hope everyone got covered you know no offense but hope everybody that was out dancing and singing around with out masks on get covered because guess what? It was stupid. You know, and like we saw before with the, the Bobby Story funeral, whenever everyone was super strict with COVID, and then that happened. People were like, well, if it's fucking good enough for them to do what they want, we're doing what we want. So now, next thing was going to happen. You're going to just have, I was going to say you're going to have Celtic fans out in the street partying, but they have nothing to be happy about at the minute. They're miserable. So whenever the internment bonfires come, I expect a party in the new lodge, and I'll be there. Not because I'm any particular side of the uh, of the divide, but I'll be there to report to the PSNI because I was gutted I couldn't get the shankle to report people last night. You know, I should have been there. should be going, him, 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 arrest them all, put them in prison. Now, people will go, oh, but they're only out celebrating. It's been 10 years and blah, blah. Crime's a crime's a crime. There we go. Get them all. Everyone should be in prison. Everyone that's breached COVID restrictions should be in prison. Should, are we, should we be in prison? No, because it's production. We're allowed to be here. Uh, so there you go. But I just want to point out that if, if people are seeing people out there and they are causing trouble and they are, you know, breaching COVID or they maybe be breaking the law in any sort of way, definitely report it to PSNI. And I know we've been pushing this narrative for a while now. Just be proud to be a tight. You know, it's the way to be. It's the, the way forward. Tighten your neighbours if they have maybe an extra car outside that they shouldn't have. Ring them and be like, oh, but my neighbour's 90. Who gives a shit? It's either one or two places an eight-year-old should be, the fold or prison, or heaven, or hell, depending on how they behave. But that's what I think you do. Ring the police, get them sorted, get out. And you know what? <clears throat> I think during COVID times, lockdown times, you sort start to pay a bit of attention to the neighbours a bit more. Do you find that, Ben, that you sort of see your neighbours more, there's a wee bit more interaction with the neighbours than you would normally have? Yeah, something happened in my, my in like just down the street from me. Um, yesterday, I drove past police car outside, and I thought, no, I did what anyone would do. You know, obviously, you see a police car, you're just obviously going to go past really slow to the point that you stop and you have a proper gop to be like, because you always see something, and in your mind, like you see a police car or you see an ambulance, and you think first thought in your head is, I might see a wee dead body here. You know, you know, might see where this hang about so I stopped for a bit and sort of and then I thought it's probably a burglary or something you know don't worry saw a couple of cops and whatever came back from where I was I think I, I just went to the beach you know to, to paint and write poetry and then when I came back police car still there with a scene of crime officer there I was like oh no so then this morning so this was yesterday this morning when I went back to leave my daughter to her nursery I saw once again police car still there so something's gone on nearby my street i don't want to know what it is so if any of you guys know what's been going on my street because i know a lot of you listeners stalk me and that's fine but it's weird to an extent that you just want to watch me in my bedroom or in my gym or whatever but whenever there's some stuff going on let me know you know if you know what's going on my neighbors you've got the scoop if someone be murdered let me know because I could go down, of course. And as you know, I'm a big supporter to the PSNI. If, if there was a murder, I would go down. I'd say, lads, come on, let me in. I'll have a look. I'll help you out and see how it goes. So let me know there. But it's exciting. And that's been about the height of my excitement in the last five weeks, a potential murder slash burglary in my, in my street. So it's good to be back. I feel like, like things are starting to uh, get a wee bit more back to normal again not in that things have changed in any way but that the the general mood is improving the good weather's coming in the vibe is is a bit more 
you know, hopeful for going forward. People are getting vaccinated. People are feeling more confident. You know, people are willing to be out and about. Ben's left his home, you know, um, which which is great, you know. And again, I think it's because it's he's fed up with his kids, but it's still good to be here and hope everyone is feeling that sense of optimism, especially on today, International Women's Day, you know. I know when I say that and I do this, it's like I'm grabbing just a big pair of ditties, which is very empty. You know, if anything, it's it's probably not the thing you should be doing on International Women's Day. Ah, but, you know, let's just enjoy it. We're all friends here. We're all having a good time. We're all drinking Guinness on the shankle in our minds. You know, let's just rem- imagine everyone's clear. Let's just drink Guinness in the shankle in our minds. That, by the way, sounds like it could be a really nice song, doesn't it? Guinness in the shankles of our mind. I mean, this is the name of this week's podcast, so write that down, Guinness in the shankles of our mind. But, um... Yeah, I'm feeling good, and you know, there's been lots of weird things going on as well, which has been pretty, pretty fun. Um, couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, is that um the show that we do on BBC Radio Ulster, the Rave Lockdown, is coming to the telly. Now, anybody that has heard this has gone, haha, very funny, because it does sound very much like it may be a prank that we have made up, like something we've just decided. Hey, this is uh going to be funny to put on social media we're doing a radio show on the tv but genuinely on st patrick's day we are doing a television version of the rave lockdown on st patrick's day like nothing says get fucking rid of snakes more than scooter on a wednesday night you know nothing says ridding ireland of all the snakes than hathaway you know nothing, that, and that's it's it's a natural it's a natural marriage. So that's what's going to go on now. So we're sort of getting ready to film that as as it stands tomorrow. I'll be filming that. So if anybody wants to watch, please do. You know it'll be a nice time on St Patrick's night. I was going to say you should get your videos, but I think you know this has been recorded on the day this podcast is out. But if you want to be featured, email. Shaba at bbc.co.uk so that's Shaba S-H-A-B-B-A at bbc.co.uk and say listen I want to be on the on the rave lockdown then someone will reply to you because this is what happened was initially it was to send your videos to that but then they're too big so they would bounce back so then you need to email and then they'll collect the video so do that they'll get segued into the show and it'll be a great time on St Patrick's Night so if you want to see yourself throwing some shapes on St Patrick's Night Shaba at BBC uk. It's a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun as well, with all this positive energy and news and moving forward and people feeling like, oh, there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel. I've gone and sold more tickets to the Monster Hall show, which I find fascinating because so far when the lockdown hit, I was going to film a wee, uh, a wee promo video and then I got told, don't leave your house. So then I haven't done that yet and then the tickets are still going. So if you go to Ulster Hall website... Follow any of the links on my social media. Get your tickets to my show. It's going to be a really nice time. The tickets are selling really well. I'm all excited. I'm chuffed. So get yourself on board. Come and see me. It'll be a nice time. Ben, are you coming? I got a ticket. Yeah, on the Ulster Hall website. Okay. You're the producer of this podcast, Ben. Enthusiasm. Yes, David. What about a woo? What about up the prods? Shankle? No. Okay. I mean, where's? I mean, just trying to trying to get it out of You can say up the tags as well. You can do whatever you want. You. You can just feel, you know, feel however you want. Whatever. I don't. I've never asked. See, this is this is how we know we've moved forward. I don't even ask. I don't even know what you are for. All I know you could be, you could be a Hasidic Jew. You know, I don't know that. And I've stood beside you at a urinal before, and there is evidence that maybe you're not Jewish. But you could be, I don't know. And that's the beauty of where we're at the minute, guys. You know, let's just move forward. Let's all be positive. Let's not worry about any religion. I love Catholics. My mum. I love Protestants. My dad. And together. You know what happens when Catholics and Protestants come together, Ben? And then you know what happens after that? Squirt, squirt, squirt. And then you know what happens nine months later? I get born. (laughs) The The perfect example of why there are peace walls in the city why catholics and protestants shouldn't mix because you get freaks like this out of it all right so there we have it i mean i think what's happened once again is when you're around i'm around sugary coffee gets drank we lose a run of ourselves but listen it's good to be back it is good to be back and what have we been doing apart from 
the the Sci Guy podcast in my dining room. What else have I been doing in my dining room? I hear you shout, Ben. You should know because you produced it. It's a serial killing podcast. The serial killing it podcast. I've explained this before. Why it's called that's because serial kill. You see, do you know serial killers are a type of people who aren't very nice and they they, they have a, a pattern of behavior that they kill people. And then the phrase "killing it" or oh, "they killed it" is a sort of stand-up thing. If you have a good set, oh, you killed it. So what I have done very intelligently is I've taken serial killing. See what I've done there, and you know what happens when you get serial killers in comedy, Ben. <laughs> they come together and then you know what happens squirt 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 <laughs> I do a podcast so there we have it it's been nice we're on how many episodes now I think it's like 6 is it over on Patreon 7 maybe I've recorded who knows but we are we're, we're having a good time over there myself and I get a guest on each week and it's just a lot of fun so what the plan is now was to record initially the Serial Killing It, which is a Patreon exclusive podcast, was recorded in this studio, but against a different wall, you know, smoke and mirrors. But um, and you know what happens when you get podcast guests? and a stu- Yeah, you can figure it out. That's the routine. So we were going to initially wait and just do it when we got in the studio, but we thought, you know what? We're locked down. We can get people together. We'll do it over Zoom. Got some nice artwork. And it's worked out quite well, hasn't it? It's worked out quite well, Ben. You enjoy it. Yep. You know, again, whenever I said Ben, I wanted to try to branch out and do another podcast. What were your exact words? Don't fucking do it. But you know what happens? I ignore you, you know, and I just did it my own way. And you know what happens whenever my creativity and my thoughts come together? Squirt, squirt, gold. You know, gold. By the way, Ben, I don't know if you've seen this. Can you look it up? There was somewhere in, and again, this is potentially very vague, somewhere in Africa, apparently they discovered that there's like all this gold in the mud somewhere and i just saw it in passing so i could have entirely be paraphrasing this and getting it totally wrong but is that something you can see if i go under your like there we go open that top one there we are quest for gold in the african mud which i mean i think says a lot doesn't it i think it says a lot about not judging a book by its cover would you agree ben i think it's a it's a very interesting topic um I mean, of course, the Chinese are making money. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. <clears throat> Tens of thousands of Chinese are making millions from mining in Ghana, but success comes at a high price. And you know what the high price is? Death, robbery, and angry accusations. What I love about that, <laughs> like, death and robbery is not bad enough, but the angry accusations. Like, what are these Ghanaians accusing the Chinese of? Let's find out. A gold rush in the resource-rich West African country of Ghana led to an estimated 50,000 Chinese prospectors is threatening to turn nasty amid allegations of illegal mining and escalating ethnic tensions. I mean, the Ghanaian government has launched a campaign to fight illegal mining last year, blaming Chinese miners for environmental degradation and millions of dollars in lost revenue. Now, what I'm going to say is... um, that this is now a pay for access website. So I'm not even going to go into that further. But what I want to say is that China are getting it in the year, but at the minute, Ben, would you agree? They are. Like, they're getting blamed for everything. They've developed, like, a progression in Wi-Fi. You know, 5G, and people are like, don't let the Chinese bastards put their towers up. And you're like, why? Because they'll get in your mind. And, like, I don't even know. What, what is the story about 5G? Do you know? Like, why are people hating having 5G? Okay, everything gives you cancer now. I can't even buck and live without it. <laughs> Getting it now. But, um, oh, here we go. We've got more on now. So this is the next, the next slogan in this story. I bet you didn't expect to hear about gold and African mud here. Illegal gold mining boom threatens cocoa farmers. And you're, now, this is where you have a, now have a problem. It says it threatens my chocolate. Um, illegal gold mining boom threatens cocoa farmers and your chocolate. Ghana, one of the world's biggest producers of cocoa beans, is facing a crisis. Um... And dangerous, dirty gamelsey or informal mining, which experts could derail the agricultural centre. Now listen, I I'm looking down the lens here to appeal to Ghana. There there needs we need some sort of where's the envoy to Ghana? Where's the representative? Um, where where, where why are the government not? Inter- why is Joe Biden focusing on the bastard Middle East? Forget about the oil, Joe. Get into Ghana. Get the Chinese out the fuck and save my chocolate, all right? 
my fucking dairy milk better not be affected by this. Um, I mean, these stories, by the way, like there's journalists out there that write these, but journalists are like, not they're not just giving you the facts, they're adding a wee bit of, you know, a wee bit of, like a wee bit of Shinsei Kwa to this. Um, Kwaku Asare grabbed his machete and trekked through the bush to his cocoa farm. Through winding pathways and hills past ominous pits of muddy water and underneath a low-hanging canopy of dry cocoa leaves, but the leaves were bare. A few rotting cocoa pods littered the ground, while others' stunted pods refused to ripen in the branches. And then, now, you think that's a nice story, it's building up to it. Then you know what's happening? Kwaku Asare straight into the Chinese. He goes, when the Chinese came and told me my, my plants weren't yielding anymore because there's too much fucking gold underneath the soil. Fuck sake. Asari said, after a few years of low production, he sold his 14 acres to a group of small-scale gold miners, also called Galamsi Miners, with a Chinese sponsor. The money's now gone and Asari's land is poisoned. So like what the Chinese do, and what I like about this, Ben, this is what we've missed about being out of the studio. Can you do me a favour, please? On a Sly Guy logo... Get that photo of Kwaku Asare, please. Because Kwaku Asare is not a happy man. He's sitting there. Like, look look, look his face. <laughs> He's not happy. You know, that. if ever there was a man's face that said, those fucking Chinese have come and fucked my cocoa beans. That's it, you know. And what I like about this, there's been a photographer there that's gone... Right, right. Can you can you do a pose for me? And he's obviously gone. Well, listen. You know, I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in the, in the newspaper. So he's like, and the photographer's gone. No, no, you don't want me doing that, Quacko. Please, can you can you stop smiling? He's gone. All right, hands in his pockets. Right, no. They've just told, stolen your gold, taken your chocolate. Look unhappy, and he's like, you know. Looks a wee bit insincere and fake. Can you put a wee hand on the chin and boom, there's the pose. And he does look like a man. He looks like a man that's lost. You know, he looks like a man who's just lost all his cocoa beans, you know. Um, Kwaku's story is not uncommon, but in a small farming village called Denkiara Asukuma, which, by the way, without sounding racist, sounds very Chinese. Um, it's nestled among cocoa plantations outside of Dunkwa, in Ghana's central region. At least 30 cocoa farmers in the village have sold their land to miners who quickly excavated, pumped in water and chemicals and abandoned their pits when the work was done. So what these Chinese guys are coming in, stealing all the gold, which, I mean, fair play, you would, then just, like, poisoning all the wee cocoa, all the wee cocoa farmer's soil, which is really sly. Um, so, yeah, there's another wee sad picture of just, of Kwame just uh, looking at his beans that aren't, you know, yielding chocolate. God damn it, sad story. Ben, how the fuck do we get on to that? Um, About gold, gold in the mud? I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, guys, listen, this is what we're, what we're on this week. And you know what? There was another story, but this is this is the story Ben brought to me this week. I said, is there anything worth talking about in the podcast this week? And Ben hits me up with this. <laughs> and this is the title. Plastic surgeon t- turns up for Zoom court hearing while in the middle of operating on a patient. <laughs> Uh, beeps of medical machinery could be heard during a Zoom call and the patient's procedure was taking place just out of view. Fantastic. A California plastic surgeon is being investigated after he attended a virtual court hearing while operating on a patient. Now, we've all tried to multitask. You know, we've all tried to get things done. You know, difficult times. Like, I sometimes watch Netflix shows while I'm feeding the baby. You know, there are things we do that is multitasking. And this guy, Dr. Scott Green, pick a more generic name, uh, has turned up for this video conference call, um, which concerned a traffic violation. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, this is superb while operating. And like, can you imagine that? Like, we've all done something. Where, like, we're on a Zoom. And we're like, ah, oh, fuck, I need to go here because my, you know, my kids are making a noise, or oh, I need to go to the toilet or something. And then he's like, listen, I mean, can I? You're gonna give me a part. How much? I just need to go back with literally half of someone's nose in the end of a scalpel here. Come on, um. But you know what? He's getting into trouble about this. According to the Sacramento Bee, beeps of medical machinery could be heard in a Zoom call and patients' procedures taking place out of view. The courtroom clerk asked Dr. Green, Are you available for trial? It kind of looks like you're in the middle of an operating room. <laughs> ah, dear. And the doctor was like, Oh, I, I'm available, but I'm also in the middle of, uh, of surgery. But urged the court to proceed. Dr. Green appeared to continue working with his head down while he waited on the trial to begin. But when the judge entered the chamber... Uh, he said he was reluctant to proceed over concerns of the patient's welfare. And I think that's important if you're a judge to go, listen, 
I know you've probably parked in a double yell here, Dr. Green, but, you know, I think that's inappropriate. You know, I think that's... And Dr. Green's like, nah, sweet, you know, fucking kill two birds with one stone and all. Um, doctor appeared to just dismiss the concern, saying, I have another surgeon right here It's doing the surgery with me, so I can stand here and allow them to do a wee bit while I'm chatting to you, all right? But the judge decided to postpone the hearing because it wasn't appropriate conduct. Uh, the doctor apologised and the judge interrupted him and said, we want to keep people healthy. We want to keep them alive. That's important. Now, that's a problem. If someone has to say to a doctor, hey, we want to keep people healthy. We want to keep people alive. And the doctor's like, ah, fuck, good point, actually. I'll maybe just come back to this later. Do you mind? So um, now, unfortunately, like anything, the touts are out. Fair play, you know, we support Titan and Dr. Green is uh he's going. Um <laughs> he's gonna be in trouble. Now what I enjoy, Ben and I, you know I'm a technophobe, guys. You know I don't um really understand technology a great deal. You know I don't really know what's going on or why it's going on. But we have been working on the um the, the the phenomenon that is screen sharing. So now I can see what's on Ben's screen. Ben can see what's on my screen. And he has just popped up with no prior warning, no chat. Another article which says, is the title, um, Burger King causes stir on International Women's Day by saying, women belong in the kitchen. Now, Ben, please don't isolate that clip. Because <laughs> I mean, imagine this, hey, the feminist women belong in the kitchen. Burger King have sparked outrage by posting on Twitter saying women belong in the kitchen as in, it was intended to promote female chefs. Now, you can see why that's going to cause a wee bit of a stir, you know. Um, what did they write? Oh, I mean, what I enjoy from Burger King. Now, they say the tweet... <laughs> they say the tweet was that, like, listen, we're trying to encourage female chefs. Um, but quite literally... Burger King's tweet, please, Ben, please put this up on the screen. Burger King's tweet was simply this. Just women belong in the kitchen. I mean, there's no context to that. What I think's happened is somebody who is working their PR has just gone, ah, fuck it, it's International Women's Day. I'll tell you where the boss room belong, in the kitchen. And I've tweeted it, and then Burger King have gone, oh, bollocks, how did, I get back? how did I get back from this? And, I mean, to be fair... 38,000 likes on that tweet and 12, <laughs> nearly 13,000 uh, retweets on that. So, I mean, people love it. Many are unimpressed by the choice of tweet, given the significance of the day. Can you imagine people, of all days, Burger King, of all bastard days, you tweet this. Oh, I mean, what's great? <laughs> As you go down, what's great, Burger King have followed that quickly up with a bigger tweet. So obviously someone's just done that, women belong in the kitchen, Burger King have gone, up, oh, Alex, they've seen that, we can't just take it away. So they've gone, the next follow-up tweet is, women belong in the kitchen, follow-up tweet, if I want to, of course, yet only 20% of the chefs are women, we're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering women employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. Now, if you're really promoting women, and you want women to be chefs, not Burger King. You know, women are better than that. Women are better chefs. You have some superb female chefs out there. I think you're degrading women by saying they should just be in Burger King. And definitely one of my favourite tweets, to be fair. Women belong in the kitchen. That's offensive. Um. Oh, no. What's great is <laughs> KFC have jumped in. Um, with <laughs> with the tweet saying the best time to delete this post was immediately after posting it. The second best time is now. And rather than Burger King just going, we've ballsed up on International Women's Day. Someone's made a fuck up. Burger King are just they're riding it and they're saying no. Actually, we're trying to we're trying to help. You know, and and they've replied to this by saying why. Why would we delete a tweet that's drawing attention to a huge lack of female representation in our industry by saying one of the most fucking anti-female things of all? We thought you'd be on board with this. I love that. They've gaslit KFC. Oh, really? You think we should delete something that's drawing attention? Maybe you should be on board as well. We've launched a scholarship. <laughs> They're so in on this. To give our female employees a chance to pursue a culinary career. Now, so what are they doing? 
are like they're women working just for Burger King in all different jobs. Obviously, Burger King have people working in in the shop. The people working taking orders. The people working like HR. The people working in in the PR side of things. But yet, Burger King are like get in the kitchen <laughs> and saying on the straight face, "You're woman, I in the kitchen." <laughs> and their CEO's probably like, "Oh fuck, we balls this up. Do, do we just do we let it go or do we run with it?" And they're like, "Nah, run with it in the kitchen." Um. <clears throat> So let's see, where are we at? Uh, other impressed people have said that this is shameful and misogynistic. One Twitter user wrote, shameful Burger King, absolutely bang out of order on on Women's Day, no less. Like, the, the person that wrote this is definitely a gansh, though. You know those sort of people are like, of all days to do it. Of all days to pitch on my parade, it's my birthday. No, on Women's Day, no less. And another commented, this belongs in the bin. And I mean, this is the award everyone wants. Misogynistic tweet of the year goes to Burger King. Um, but then, just, yeah, shouldn't have thought this through. But what I like is the idea of Burger King replying to all those people, being like, oh, no, 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 you're the problem. You're the misogynist, not us. Wait. And again, they're just they're just keeping on going with it. You know, like if you do something and you, you do it and, and it's a mistake. Like, say when you're little and you have a trouble with like your... You're like little sister or brother or something. You know, like you hurt them and you're trying to make them quiet before mom comes. And you're like, shh, fucking. You know, it's like going to there and then like you say to them, listen, I did that for your own benefit to teach you not to misbehave because mom would hit you harder. You know, it's like, they're like, no, you fucking wrecked me. Why'd you do that? I'm, I'm only, and that's another thing parents said. I only shouted at you because I love you. Like, I'm sorry, but there's no need for that. But Burger King, you know, I see their point and. Burger King, much like myself, very feminist, big shout out. I might actually go home and encourage my wife and two daughters to get in the kitchen, start reading cookbooks and start their career as 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 a chef. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> a lot of fun indeed. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Oh dear, speaking about a lot of fun indeed and uh, women, what about your bush? women since it's international women's day i'm not doing an advert for manscaped i think that would be very misogynistic of me i'm going to do an advert for woe manscaped because it's international women's day and also manscaped they're giving me a wee, a wee bit of jip at the minute all right they're they're getting in my ear they're giving me a bit of lip we're having a wee bit of back and forth but i don't care manscaped's here to give you the fresh start that you need with some shaving pubes you know what i mean we've got this here it's a lawnmower 3.0 you know what this means ben I shave my pubes. You, you, you. In fact, Ben, I believe um, before we actually went away, and uh, you forced me into my dining room like Elizabeth Fritzel. Um, you got a little present for me that I got sorted for you from Manscaped. Is that correct? And what did you get? I got uh, the Manscaped. Kit. You got a Manscaped kit. Not only the Manscaped kit, you got the perfect package. 3.0 which is all the right tools for the job you got your lawnmower 3.0 have you used it yet uh-huh. you have and how how's it been Very nice. did your scrotum come out unscathed it did. what about your foreskin yeah, sorry, nice see i was just a, a wee call back there earlier to see if you were jewish or not um <laughs> so it's all good so you, you liked it you felt have you again personal question but i feel like it's been so long we can we can get personal um have you found that, you know, has it been something you've tried to do? Have you tried to trim the area in the past? Um, I suppose so. This, what he's saying is, I'm a caveman, all right? See, he's like, see all this feminist stuff? Shut the fuck up, Dave. I'm a man, all right? I grow a bush. I eat meat and fuck you and get in the kitchen, all right? So, um, but is it has this changed your pubic life, do you think? Has this changed your pubic game? Yeah. Yeah. And what did you think the way you liked? On it the way LED like to see where you're going. Very helpful. Nice. And as a as a filmographer yourself, someone that's important you know, knows the importance of a good light show. Um, do you find it made your, your pace look more majestic during the shaving process? There you go. And I mean, listen, there's also some stuff to freshen up in there too. Some ball deodorant for you, some crop preserver. Have you used them? Tell you what, I've said this in the podcast before. It smells nice, doesn't it? it really does. The fragrance is really nice. And there there's a there's a new cologne coming out as well, but um, I've asked them to send me that, but since we're kind of like falling out a wee bit at the minute, we'll have to see how that goes. Hopefully, myself and Manscaped have many more, many more years ahead of us as partners. I mean, it's like anything, any good relationship, there's ups and downs. You know, hopefully, myself and Ben will have a few ups in the next few while because it's been only downs recently. 
because of him, selfish snake rat bastard. But anyway, Manscaped, I've got all you all you need. The perfect package 3.0. We've got a travel bag, some boxers. Have you worn the boxers, Ben? Yeah. The comfy. Have you tried a t-shirt on? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, comfy too. Did it fit? Nice. See, I had to pick your size out of my own head and all, and I, and I did it. There you go. That's what the sort of guy I am. And listen, guys, if you want to have, in fact, listen, who am I kidding? Not only is it International Women's Day today, but this Sunday is Mother's Day. So, like, fuck the flowers, fuck the chocolates. Get rid of your mum's bush for Mother's Day. Buy her a mask, get lawnmower 3.0, and say to her mum, listen, I love you, I appreciate you, I would like you to shave your mouth. Happy Mother's Day. There's lawnmower 3.0, and there's some stuff to put in dad's balls to make them less wrinkly. No, nothing says love like a smooth ball bag. And, I mean, I can stand over that. I used to have wrinkles in my testicles, and now I just have a sparring of smooth flesh, thanks to Manscaped and their crop preserver. Guys, if you want to jump in the Manscaped bandwagon as well, and you want to get some of their products with 20% off and free shipping, just get on the manscaped.com, use the discount code SLYGUY. It's all capitals, discount code SLYGUY. There are other discount codes you can use too. Fuck them, use SLYGUY, because... You know, you've got to support the man and all this. And by the man, I mean the woman, because I'm a feminist. Fuck you guys. And also, the podcast is brought to you, as always, in association with Modest Beer. Modest are an independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers. Brewed and canned here in the home of the studio in Hollywood, County Down. If you want to know more about Modest, where to get yourself some nice Modest beer, um, or to give some reviews or some feedback, get on the modest.co.uk. Or on their social medias, at Modest Beer. And if you're drinking a Modest Beer this weekend, stick it on the Instagram. Tag me, tag them. We'll share it out. We'll have a nice time. Why don't you actually get some Modest Beer into your house to watch the Rave Lockdown and St. Patrick's Night? Would not be a good idea? I think so. Ben, how long have I been talking shit for? 36 minutes. 36 minutes. The podcast is 45 minutes. I've been talking shit for 36 that's all. Let's get into listeners' questions and um, get going. Sensei Flood has said, just watch Shane's story and I'm wanting to know if he's intending on going on the telly with that beard. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think Shane's trying to grow a beard, but unfortunately for him, he hasn't hit puberty yet. So, you know, that's that just happens. It happens at different times. Obviously, you know, myself, I, I started my puberty journey at the tender old age of six and... Shane's probably at this stage en route to, to being 36 when he starts his. But, all you know, different horses for different courses. We all develop at different times. But I do think he's going to shave his beard for the TV, as am I. I will shave my beard completely off for the beard, the telly and just be a clean-shaven guy. Um, Michael Kerr said, Hey, babe, what do you make of the Meghan and Harry interview? Very juicy. You know what? I actually don't really know much about what's happened in their interview. I know they did an interview with Oprah Winfrey, but I don't really know what the context that was. Why? Because, you know, I'm a guy that probably doesn't pay much attention to the royal family, which is is fair. You know, each to their own and all that. So I don't really know. Um, Do you have anything up there, Ben, that I can have a look at? Can you pop up my screen? Yep, let me see. Um, Here we are. Oh, wow. I mean, there's a lot of news stories in this week's podcast. This could potentially just be your alternative news source. Um, I mean, if you want, there's a lot of fake news out there. There's a lot of, um, you know, media trying to tell you a certain narrative. This is just, I'm just telling you how it is, straight from the horse's mouth and interpreted by me. So let's see what this story says. The royal split, racism and family struggles, 11 things we learned from Harry and Meghan's explosive interview first of all their names Aaron um you know what what we will do is just go through each heading very quickly Megan has a th- su- th- why can't I speak so su- that's hard to say suicidal thoughts isn't it try saying it suicidal thoughts. oh fuck okay just say it perfectly um suicidal thoughts um a lot of fun um there were concerns in the royal family about Archie's skin color oh that's problematic um Harry and Meghan felt trapped in the family. The details behind their split from the royals. Hey, you're not getting divorced. You're just not. Relationship with the Queen and Princes Charles and uh, William. Meghan has seen some of the headlines about her. Oh, dear. Um, Kate made Meghan cry, not the other way around. Juvenile. Meghan called the Queen about Prince Philip. Oh, no. What's he done this time? Anytime you see something about Prince Philip, you go, oh, 
oh dear, is problematic. Problematic, problematic. Her one regret, and it's a girl, so that's what we want to get out of it, right? So let's go to the top and see. Mm, so she had suicidal thoughts. What was this about? Um, her mental health suffered during her stint as a royal, senior royal, but she spoke of the first time. Well, I mean, that is obviously pretty severe. Um, you know what? It doesn't really look good for the royal family, this uh, this vibe. I mean, I do think that, you know, it would not be an ideal scenario to be in the royal family if you're not born into it. It would be definitely a big upheaval. My only concern that I would have um, about this, it's a wee bit of a, a bit of a problem, is that, like, if they're saying they want to be very private and doing all these interviews, it seems to kind of contradict themselves a bit. But, I mean, here's the thing. No shit, Sherlock, being in the royal family would, would suck balls. You know, it seems a bit sly to just be like, you know, marrying a prince and expecting it to be sweet. But, you know, they've left the royal family and that's it. Sly that's not mentioned old Prince Andrew. I would have liked to have got into that a bit more, I think. Um, but yeah, um, what, what's your thoughts on it, Ben? You know, you're you're the other side of the camera. What's your thoughts on what's going on? What Do you think um, they should have done an interview or what do you think? It is a bit silly, isn't it? That's a good call. Um, you know, fair play to them having a, a girl. You know, that's one thing it'll take out as first and foremost. Um, hopefully, the, the girl will, you know, contribute to destroying the patriarchy on the journey with me. You know, unfortunately, they're not as good feminist icons as myself because they have a boy also. But um, it's I'm pleased that they're sort of watering down the uh, testosterone in the family by having a girl there and um, more more importantly i'm interested to know what they're doing now you know ignore all that other shit that i'm sure i'll be covered in other stuff their lives today harry said having outdoor space has been a huge benefit during lockdown in california and um, he said that taking archie outside is his favorite activity and um, stick him on the back of a bicycle something that he never had as a child well i mean that's something you'd probably feel a bit sorry for for old harry like you know being a uh a kid in the royal family then obviously your mum dying would be awful and then having to just be stuck in that would you definitely feel a bit trapped but i mean i can't help but think you know there was benefits to get married to royal family you know obviously for megan she's going to be super hot right now you know what i mean so there's money to be made there and you know myself if there's money to be made you go for it so i say respect to her but also you know don't be doing all those interviews if you want peace, you know. And the Queen can be a little bit sly, you know. She's known to have a wee bit of, wee bit of a bit of moxie about her. So, you know, let's just hope that it all sort of dies down. Let's hope that there is another. In fact, you know what I hope happens out of this. Here's what I hope happens with the the Meghan and Harry interview. What I hope happens is like what's happened before. I hope. Prince Andrew sees the interview and he goes, I know what needs to happen. I'm going to do another interview without the, the clearance of Buckingham Palace. The last time Prince Andrew did an interview <laughs> without the correct clearance was that infamous interview where he said, hey, I don't sweat. How can I possibly have been at the party with this girl sweating if I don't sweat? You know what I mean? So, I mean, Prince Andrew... Uh, and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, guys who are, you know, you know, debatable, debatable characters. Let's, let's certainly say, but I think that um, I think that's what the best thing to come out of this is Andrew to go listen. Imagine you're the Queen. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know why the Queen speaks like I don't. I don't know why the Queen speaks like Hannibal Lecter. I don't know what to do about this situation. Andrew's like, say no more, ma. I've got it. Um, so Prince Andrew, if you listen to the podcast. You know, get yourself in touch with the BBC. Get an interview with Oprah, and you know, let let's get it all cleared up. Let's just get things cleared up, and that's what we want to see. Um, Nicola Crichton has said, in your professional opinion, is there a correct way to load a dishwasher? I mean, speaking of a of loaded, this question is loaded, and um, my other half keeps giving out to me for loading it the wrong way. Well, what I want to say is, I have come to. Verbal blows. I need to come to blows with my wife over the dishwasher, which would intimate that we fought, we physically fought over the dishwasher. But no, I definitely think there are there are correct ways to empty the dishwasher and to fill a dishwasher. My wife, for some reason, thinks 
it's better to put knives and forks in facing up the ways than it is to put them in down the ways. So whenever you go to reach, you end up impaling yourself. And she's like, oh, but it cleans better. But it's like, hey, do you see the little grates in the in the cutlery box in the dishwasher? That's where the water gets through to clean them. She's like, oh, no, you put it in this way. I was like, no, that's not what you do. You don't do that. And we have fallen out about it. Then she would give off about me, about maybe putting like three things in the dishwasher and turning it on. And I'd say, hey, I'm sorry, I like clean things. You know, would you rather me be a stinking dirty bastard? I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely a correct way to load the dishwasher and that's sharp items down. You know, then you try to put the bigger things to the side. So like the big plates, try and stack them together and the little plates, don't vary what you put in. So don't be putting a big plate, then a bowl. You know, don't be putting a bit of Tupperware in there. You know, you need to... It's got to be organized to fit, you know, the most in as possible. Think about your dishwasher as kind of like, you know, a drugs mule's bottom. You know, you try to fit as much as you can in there to get the optimum amount out. So please let me know, Nicola, what your what your side of the debate is. Like, is there a correct way? I think there is, and the correct way is not how my wife does it. Andy Lee said, Good day, Papa Dave. With the amazing news of the Ray of Lockdown making it to the screens, congratulations. By the way, how do you predict the long-fingered, gnome-faced weirdo guy trying to screw you out of a position of the best-looking guy in the show? No need to worry, though, with you being a better bearded, more svelte version of me, certainly of my vote. Well, thank you very much for that, Andy. Well, you know what? Um, It's a weird way to put it. I think, you know, Shane very much sees himself as a very handsome guy, which, you know, he's probably handsome, I guess, to an extent, but he's not as handsome as he thinks he is. I think he surrounds himself with, you know, more ugly, lived-in faces than his own. You know, so he thinks, oh, he's really, you know, he's really hot looking guy. But if you put him with an actual handsome person, total freak, you know, total like melted faced freak. So, I mean, you know, it, it all depends how you surround yourself. Do you know what I mean? Do you get what I mean, Ben? Like, if he hangs around with the likes of, you know, like a lot of local comedians, you're going to look at them and go, oh, no, these guys are, 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 are yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, if you were to put him beside, like, a, a Jamie Dornan, you'd go, uh, that guy's a freak. Like, what, get that elephant man away from me. Um, Chris Porter said, that guy, Andy Malone, is he real or a fictional culture David Brent style character? Hey, Andy Malone is for real. I'm a big fan of Andy Malone's work, Ben. Have you seen Andy Malone yourself? You need to check this guy out. He is a... I'll send you links after the podcast. <clears throat> but he's definitely worth checking out. And you know what? He's a guy, a proponent of looking good, feeling good, and going after it. And I am a big fan of him. Would love to maybe have him on the podcast one day. And I don't even have guests. So, I mean, that's the level I enjoy him. Um, oh, Gnome Gnomes is back again with another sex toy review. You know, listen, is it... Naomi, you need to let us know. Is it is this something that you do as a hobby? You know, not sex toys, but do you, like, look for reviews? Do you, or would you scroll through the reviews? Um, or do you just... Ha- I mean, this is probably the wrong term to use. Or do you just happen to come across them? Um... Let, let me know. Oh, it's another one. This is an interesting look. Ben, can you can you see my screen here? Um, wow. I'll just read it. Boyfriend hilariously reviews £25 Amazon sex toy, saying it was so good for his girlfriend she nearly killed him. Wow. A boyfriend left web shoppers buzzing with laughter as he explained how £25 Amazon sex toy works so well his girlfriend nearly killed him and she sent him flying. Um, she bought the toy called Love Kiss, spelled L-U-V-K-I-S. Love Kiss oral stimulation massager tongue licking vibration toy for women with seven speeds. Wow. I mean, you know what? Definitely have a shorter name. Right, what's the product you want to buy? I'm just looking at Love Kiss Oral Stimulation Massager Tongue Licking Vibration Toy for Women's 7 Speed Women's Waterproof Clitoral Massager Nipple Suction Stimulator in purple. You know, oh, sorry, unfortunately, we only have the Love Kiss Oral Stimulation Massager Tongue Licking Vibration Toy for Women's 7 Speeds Women's Waterproof Clitoral Massagers Nipple Suction Stimulator in green. And I, oh, well, in that case, it does it look like I'm not going to buy a Love Kiss Oral Stimulation Massage Tongue Licking Vibration Toy for Women's 7 Speeds Women's Waterproof Clitoral Massager Nipple Suction Stimulator. All right, but it looks like this guy got it. What I like is um, there's two like wee emojis on this. Like basically, Ben put it up on the screen. This is um, it looks kind of a wee bit like 
it looks like something you would use to get rid of earwax from your ear. You just like you pop it in, you squeeze it, but then there's wee lips coming out of it, and um, there's like a wee uh, the mouth, like a licking mouth, tongue licking good. So um, let me see. You just uh, want me to do this? There you go. Um, so. He explained that he bought his girlfriend a toy to give her the sensation of oral and penetration, but didn't have high hopes due to the price. He said, I expected to be pretty weak, but he tried nonetheless. Now, here's the thing about that. The guy's called Jay, and we say, Jay, you're being lazy. Why would you buy a tool to do that when you could do it yourself? Do you know what I mean? Unless, you know, maybe there's some sort of, I don't know, hygiene issue or something down there, in which case, fair enough. But um, let's hear what Jay said. He said, bye if you want an exorcism. Now, that would definitely be an interesting tool in a priest's arsenal. You know, they go in, what are the priests about to do an exorcist? They have holy water, a Bible, a cross, and of course, nothing other than the love kiss or a stimulation massager. Tongue like a vibration toy for women, seven speed women's waterproof clitoral massager, nipple suction stimulator. You know, that would be very interesting. So Jay said, okay, I bought this for my girlfriend because I really don't like giving her head. Now, that says to me, go smelly box on her. Um, it's nothing against her. I just don't like doing it. Um, I mean, Jay, come on. It's, this is one something, I, I since it's International Women's Day, I just honestly think I speak on behalf of all women when I say surely sucking dick's not fun. You know, but women do it, men do it. You know, in some cases, lonely men get animals to do it, but it's like something you don't want to do. So, Jay, just give it a go. You know, you don't always have to enjoy it. It's not all about you. Give some head. So, Jay saw this toy and he thought that she would like the sensation of both penetration and oral stimulation at the same time. I didn't have high hopes for this due to the price and expected it to be pretty weak, <laughs> but I tried it nonetheless. It was a little tricky at first trying to find a position that worked for the both of us, but when we found it, it was go time. So I oh gross, some of these words. So I slid in. She turned it on, the first setting, and we got going. After about 30 seconds, she pressed the toy down, and, well, I can't remember the rest. Apparently, she instantly came that hard that her legs kicked out, hit my jaw, and I went flying. She nearly killed him, and after all that, paracetamol, a bag of frozen peas to the jaw, it's a good toy. He joked, if you're going to use it with your partner, I suggest you wear some riot gear to protect you from any physical damage that may occur. Um, you're surely the damaged boyfriend. Um, I know, you're flying back, landed in the radio and thought you'd almost killed me. All in all, a few paracetamol peas, if you're going to use it, yeah, you're the damaged boyfriend. Now, what I would like to do is is have somebody... Review. Like, why do people just not have a nice feeling out of sex toys? Why are they being like knocked unconscious or like, you know, orgasm in the, into another state? You know, you don't want you don't want that. But I mean, if um, you know, at the minute, obviously, we we always look for sponsors on the podcast. You know, and we're happy to promote brands that we think would share a similar ethos to the ethos of this podcast and i mean if the love kiss oral stimulation massager tongue like a vibration toy for women seven speeds women's waterproof clitoral massager nipple suction stimulator in purple want to sponsor us get in touch with ben um and of course everyone knows ben's free samples give send ben a free sample for him to use on his very own male clitoris aka swap I mean, what I like about this is it obviously gives some sort of like su suction device or suction effect to both the clitoris and the nipples. So you have both those. So, I mean, you can definitely test test it and let me know how that goes. Um, I mean, maybe that's a segment we do. We just start buying sex toys and reviewing them on the podcast. What do you think? You know, what'd you have this week? Oh, these anal beads. What about? Oh, it's a bit uncomfortable on the way in, but by fucking the way out. <laughs> David Gilliland has said, I mean, listen, there's just more sex stuff. And this is what we're all about. Apologies if you've already covered this in an older episode of the podcast, but I thought it was a topic Papa Bear had just had to feast his big sexy eyes on. Let me see. It's another story here. Fantastic. Um, I mean, I don't think I've ever gone through more stories on a podcast than I have this week. And it's just, you know, this is a nice episode to ease us back in. You know, we've eased ourselves back in. We chatted about all we wanted to chat about. Get over to the Patreon, subscribe too for more stuff like this. There's more sex reviews over there. Ben and I will start doing 
actual sex toy reviews exclusively for the patrons. So go over there, Sly Guy Podcast, get on board. But Dave has sent me this. Love hurts. Man reveals hackers demanded a grand ransom to release his digitally locked chastity belt, forcing him to use bolt cutters and cutting himself in the process. Oh no. I mean... Why? Sam Summers' cellmate, branded internet-connected chastity belt, had been hijacked by hackers who demanded a grand open it. After he transferred the sum in Bitcoin, hackers asked for more money. Summers used bolt cutters to crack open the device and lacerated his penis. Cellmate, produced by um, Chinese firm Koi, had the slogan, Love Hurts. In the cover, it clamps to the base of the penis and doesn't have a physical key. Lo- the locking mechanisms controlled the smartphone app by a Bluetooth. Security exports warned last year about the smart chastity belt's vulnerability to hackers. I mean, who the fuck's wearing a chastity belt? Like, let me say, a man was left bleeding from his penis and unable to have sex for a month after he said a high-tech And I mean, for a start, you don't want to have sex if you're wearing a chastity belt. Um, Sam Summers, the unfortunate owner of a cellmate digital chastity belt, ended up paying a grand to release his manhood, only to find the unscrupulous cyber pirates demand even more money. I mean, that's what happens with criminals. They take, 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 and they don't give. Um, you know what? What I would say we'll do, I will try out the, the Love Kiss Sexual World Clitoral and uh, Nipple Stimulator and Ben will try on the Cellmate Chastity Belt to see how how that works. Other men reported... Who? Where? Like, who is out there wearing chastity belts? What the fuck? Like, are people that sexy and horny that they just... I don't know why I said sexy or that horny. They have to wear, like, a chastity belt. I'm a, there's probably people out there that you work with wearing chastity belts so what i would do i'm gonna i'm gonna start asking my colleagues do you wear chastity belt just to make sure that they don't other men reported similar incidents one included saying he received a text message from an anonymous number declaring your cock is mine now listen we've all received texts like that but not necessarily about chastity belt the cellmate is produced by of course the chinese are at it again they're stealing the Ghanaian's gold and they're just stealing lads cocks left right center um, it clamps to the base of the penis with a hardened steel ring and does not have a physical key or a manual override. Now, I live my life by many mottos. One of the mottos is, do not put a clamp around your cock. And these guys clearly don't have this motto. The locking mechanism is controlled with a smartphone via app. Um, you know what? Like, Is it a sex toy or what, what the way does it work? And after the partner... <clears throat> Assured him that she was not pulling a prank on him. The man admitted it started. I started freaking out a bit after taking a closer look at the polycarbonate key. You know what? They have hacked this, but what? Yeah, what does it do? What is the purpose of a chastity belt? I'm gonna look this up. Male chastity belt. Let's see. Um, leave now. Male chastity belt function a chastity belt is a locking item of clothing designed to prevent sexual intercourse or masturbation so obviously sam summers is just absolutely tearing the dick of himself and his wife's feeling you need to stop ripping that wee dick of yourself ain't it and stuck this on him i mean wow i didn't know that i thought that was just a bit of banter people wearing chastity belts i didn't know it was an actual an actual thing and i'm kind of grossed out to discover that it is an actual thing um and they all kind of look like Razors? Would you agree? Sore. Sore, yeah, it does look sore and it doesn't look like something that you should connect. Oh Ben, go down please. There's one of it actually on. There we go. Um It looks like a mouse trap around your dick. And there's one thing that I've learned from putting my dick in mouse traps. Not pleasant. Um not pleasant at all. Right, last question of the day is from Johnny Maxwell. When is your interview um, with Oprah about the ultra untimely death of Boytown being aired? It's actually, unfortunately, being um, put back because of certain Mrs. Markle and Prince Harry. I don't know what his surname is, Windsor. And it'll not be out for a wee while. But guys, I think that's enough. I think I need to go home and um, get my electronic chastity belt off and just apply one of the key. So, guys, thank you very much. If you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. 
on iTunes. It definitely helps. You know, it helps us get the word out there. If you enjoy the podcast and you're listening, share it in your Instagram stories, retweet, whatever you want. Subscribe to the Patreon for the bonus content out there. And most importantly, at the minute, buy tickets to the Monster Hall show because there's not going to be many left at this rate. So there we are. We're back in the studio. Ben, it was good to be back. You're glad to be out of the house. Took him a long, long time to think about that. But listen, it's good to be back. Hopefully we'll be here again next week, all being well. And guys, stay safe and don't wear digital chastity belts or use sex toys in your clinic. Unless you want to. Bye. I'm the slack guy.